Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'd like to thank you all for tuning in to the show. As always, I got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we are coming your way with the 78th edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. We're about to get into this week is we're about to start our discussion off with some NCAA football. Uh, before we get into some, some of the conferences, uh, we're just going to talk about the rankings. Um, just guys, what were your thoughts on the preseason rankings? <clears throat> no huge shockers in it. I mean, they seemingly just kind of played off how the year ended last year. Some drops and some increases based off of how much some of these teams lost, which is to be expected. Uh, but overall, it's nothing I'm up in arms about at all. Yeah, I'd completely agree there. You know, you have your typical power schools toward the top. You know, your Alabamas, Florida States, Ohio States. Uh, you know, just a lot of teams with returning players at quarterback you see toward the top. Every, I believe everybody in the top six has a returning quarterback until you get to Clemson. Um, and, you know, typically a team with a veteran quarterback will get a nod over a team that does not. Um, the thing Clemson will have going for them is their defense, uh, just a solid, solid defensive squad. And I believe that they'll, that'll be their strength coming in this year. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with their offense, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, too upset with any of the any of the rankings, uh, you know. Just you, you just see a lot of familiar names at the top. How do you like the uh, number nine placement for Michigan? Uh, think that's right where they should be. You think a little higher or what? Yes. Um, Grant, I'm not going to say I don't believe that they don't belong there. I mean, I think. It might be a touch high only because, well, a uh, touch low depending how you want to look at it. But, uh, you know, I, I expected them to be more around the 10 to 12 only because, only because they lost so much and returned so few. Um, you know, both offense and defense, they're going to have a lot of kids that got to grow up fast, uh, especially with a tough week one game against Florida. We're going to learn a lot about the team. But thankfully, you know, I always say it's not about how you lose. It's all about when you lose. And a week one loss doesn't kill you. Um, you know, it's not conference play yet, unless you're Ohio State who pulled Indiana week one. But uh, it's not a conference game, so there's still a lot of opportunity for Michigan after week one. But, yeah, I mean, I like them at nine. Uh, I think they still have a lot to prove. <clears throat> But like I said, they have a returning quarterback who played well last year, uh, played well while hurt as well. Uh, you know, they have great defensive coordinator, great head coach. So um, that's what to see what they bring onto the field. Now, uh, what do you guys just think about the um, SEC? Because I think they lead with uh, six teams in the top 25. Uh, whole conference um, was looking kind of iffy last year. Uh just SEC wasn't, you know, dominant uh, like, you know, they were once was. Um, y'all just think, uh, how do y'all just feel about that? Y'all, y'all comfortable with them just having uh, six teams in the top 25? Or? I mean, I, I'm not disturbed by it or anything like that because there's, there's only one of them in the top 10, I believe, which is Alabama, which, I mean, I, think they deserve it they they've been in the playoff every year of its existence and haven't had a big fall off and following them up is lsu down at 12 uh and they they finished reasonably strong last year auburn was up and down there at 13 uh georgia you're expecting to have a step forward year and florida i mean they they hung out around that lower part of the top 25 all last year I mean, if you want to harp about Tennessee down at 24, I don't blame you there uh, since, you know, they have trouble just showing and proving uh, historic recent history, I should say. But, uh, but no, I mean, I don't think – I mean, I I guess we, we may still be holding on to that 
SEC is king uh, type uh, label because of uh, their history of of dominance. But no, I don't think it's anything crazy. I mean, they're they're basically sprinkled in at twelve through twenty-four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. You know, with them being one of the deeper conferences anyway, you should expect them to get more teams in. You know, between them and the Big Ten, I feel like they should be the two league conferences in the preseason top twenty-five polls every year, and that's just based on the fact that, like, at one point, the Big Ten had, what, like, eight or nine ranked teams last year? Mm. Like that, that's crazy, and that should be taken into account going into a following year, you know, all things considered. Um, a returning roster, uh, head coach change, things like that. But, you know, the SEC, deep every year, always has teams constantly ranked. Um, it helps that they always find a way into the national championship game. And I guess since the playoffs started, Alabama's pretty much anchored that. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not upset with the SEC presence. Uh, you expect it. And I feel like everybody in the country expects it at this point. So if you want to argue that the SEC isn't the best conference, like that's fine. I think that's more open for discussion than ever. But um, I think we have to at least be at a point where we expect it. And and I mean to add a little bit to it, I mean, who do you put in over these teams? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. well, I, I mean, for one, I think we could could all agree Alabama's year in and year out, you know, always brings in top one or two recruiting class. So like. Putting them in number one coming off the national championship game birth, uh, number one recruiting class, like to put them number one is not ridiculous again. Mm. Like, but the, the only one where I think you could start to argue, you know, LSU always has quarterback troubles, Auburn, super inconsistent. Like you could start to nitpick then, but the preseason ranking and even the ranking for the first, what is it? Four, five, six weeks doesn't even matter. It's till the college football playoff ranking comes out. So in reality, this is just discussion. It's, it's a general basis for what we're going to see when the college football ranking comes around because it doesn't waver too much. Um, just one last one. Uh, since we're from Michigan, uh, Western Michigan, they were had a pretty good, uh, season last year. Um, ended up losing their, uh, bowl game, uh, but just for the season that they had last year, uh, do you guys felt as if, you know, they should have perhaps gotten in that top 25 or what? No, not really. Uh, you, They lost their co- their coach, their quarterback, and a receiver to the draft, their best Great. receiver. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, that that's a lot for a a, a school in a conference like that to bounce back from. I don't, I don't think anybody expects Expected a top twenty-five ranking after seeing their coach leave for Minnesota, seeing and like I said, the other losses. Not not that their quarterback was great, but you lose a senior quarterback, especially when you have talent like that at receiver, it's hard to make up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think losing PJ Fleck was bigger than losing any player. PJ yeah. Fleck brought a he brought a culture, he brought an attitude. The team was in the boat with him. They were they were rowing rowing the boat. <laughs> yeah, and he so, even even took the slogan with him to Minnesota. I know. That if I were a Western Michigan fan or something, that would upset me a little bit. But uh yeah, you know, I, I think he he was the catalyst behind it all. So I'm not shocked at all that um, Western's not not in there. Okay. But but to a point, wouldn't you guys almost feel like a team's kind of getting robbed of a preseason ranking there? If they said, oh, well, you know, as a non-Power 5, you know, Western Michigan had a great year. Let's put them toward the bottom just to represent them. It's like, you'd almost feel like a team, like, even though I said, you know, this ranking doesn't mean jack squat, like, you'd still feel someone's kind of getting chipped there. Yeah. Yeah, in a way, yeah. I agree with that. Um, all right, guys, uh, just any more comments, uh, for this, uh, 
for the NCAA football rankings. No. no. All right. Uh, up next, we're about to start with the Big Twelve. Um, just start talking about Texas. Um, you guys think this would be the year that they'll turn it around and start being, uh, start having that dominant football like they once was? That's gonna. It's gonna be so hard to tell, especially under Coach Harmon. Like new coach, new system, new attitude, new culture. Um, it. I would say ever ever since Mac Brown left, you're you're looking at a fan base that will find a very hard time trusting a new coach. Uh, you know, as a Michigan fan, we went like I went through that. You know, you bring in Rich Rodriguez, you get all excited, and you basically face plant in front of the entire nation while everyone points and laughs. And I feel like Texas did the same exact kind of thing. You know, they bring in uh, Charlie Strong and they kind of make a face plant and then they kind of recover. And now they got Harmon and he's going to really have to try and win this fan, this fan base over quick because they are unsettled and they are, they, they need winning football. That, that Longhorn fan base season, that, that 2005 season was way too long ago for them. Like, you can't hold on to that anymore. So, uh, do I think they can turn around? Yeah, I do. I think Harmon's a great coach, uh, did a great job at Houston. So he's staying in state. Hopefully he can, you know, get some of those guys that were looking at Houston to maybe hop over to Texas. Um, and maybe he can keep a lot, a lot more of the five star recruits in the area. Uh, I think that's going to be the first big step for him. Um, being able to get a lot of the guys that he wants in there and go from there. Cause, like I said, he, he's going to have to do something to give this fan base hope and fairly quick. Yeah, I mean, I think they're in a pretty good position to make a big stride from last year. Yeah. Uh, for a lot of the grief that Charlie Strong got, I do think he 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 laid the groundwork to put this team on a path for uh, getting back to what they should be. Uh, when he came in, he had to basically do a little bit of cleaning house. He had to get rid of a lot of knuckleheads. And that kind of set him back a little bit. Uh, recruiting was reasonably strong, but I mean, they just, they couldn't really put things together. Uh, I mean, but I, I do think with their defense, uh, they have a young quarterback, uh, and, uh, was it Bouchelle? Yeah, something like that. Shane Bouchelle, uh, who had a, Decent but up and down season last year. Uh, I think Tom Herman's a little bit better with quarterback, so he'll probably be able to do something with that, especially installing uh, that offense that he had at Houston. I think that does some things. I mean, there's still some holes that we wonder where they're going to be filled. There's no Dante Form, Deontay Foreman yeah. is not there. Uh, so, I mean, there's there's some work to see who's going to be man in that backfield, uh, giving support to Michelle. But I, I do think they have a solid defense. O-line looks good. Uh, we just have to see where they go from there. Uh, is it going to be a full turnaround where Texas is, like, sniffing uh, the playoff picture? I don't think so. But I think they get back to a bowl. And I do think they win one of their bigger games this year. So, like, USC or Oklahoma, I think they probably sneak one of those out. Yeah, you know, I think they, Texas can definitely be a spoiler in the Big 12 this year. Um, you know, just a team kind of floating around seven, maybe eight wins. Um, but, you know, to their own joy, I guess they could, you know, block somebody's path. And, you know, when you're not playing for the playoff anymore, it's always nice to ruin somebody's party. Um, and, and I think that they have that potential for sure. But like you alluded to, Darnell, you know, the defense will be their strength this year. Uh, it'll just be interesting to see how that offense comes along. Um, see the progression, you know, of a young quarterback in a, in a second year. I mean, we remember what were they playing Notre Dame? He was dropping dimes all over the field, like 30, 40 yard dimes. It was, it, it was almost unbelievable. We were all wondering who this kid is. And it'll be interesting to see if he can keep that up, have a good second year, and uh, like you said, maybe pull out a big one. All right, now we'll talk about uh, Oklahoma next. Um, with the retirement of Stoops, um, how do you think they will be uh, this year? 
Well, this is for the positives I had for Texas. I think there's some negatives here. Because, hmm. uh, I mean, Bob Stoops uh, leaving, I mean, he, he's been, he's the most, he, he's the longest tenured coach uh, that was left in the Big 12, and now he's out of the picture, and it was abrupt. Uh, so, so now they're going with a very, very young, uh, coach in Lincoln Riley. Uh, he, he is at least ingrained in the system as he was one of their coordinators. Uh, but he's taking over with a, a lot of their production gone. They, he still has Baker Mayfield, which is good, but, uh, we have no, no Joe Mixon, no Samaj P. Ryan, mm-hmm. and no D.D. Westbrook. And that's, that's thousands of yards and, uh, I think third, 39 touchdowns from last year between those three. So, uh, that's, that's a lot to make up. I, I think, um, if, if they stick with where they're rated, uh, ranked right now and can hang around that, I'll be surprised, honestly. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, did you want to go, Trey? No, I was just like looking. Yeah, I was just, uh, you know, Lincoln Riley. Yeah, he's very young. Uh, he'd be 34 next month. So that, uh, just, yeah, with his youth, um, yeah, just be interesting with how he can, uh, connect with those guys on his the squad. So, um, yeah, and yeah, you can go ahead, Tom. Yeah, and, you know, he, he's following up a guy that was, you know, pretty much a given that they're going to have a nine win season. You know, he's following a guy that's had a ton of success, uh, a guy that was winning Big 12 championships in its sleep. Uh, it, it's a tough act to follow. So it, it'll be very in- interesting to see how he grabs hold of this team and puts them under his leadership. Uh, so he, he's going to have to definitely make his presence felt there. It, it was an abrupt departure by Stoops. I don't, you know, there's nothing you can really do about that. If you feel like it's time, it's time. So, um, you know, I remember when Stoops did, you know, come out and retire. I said it'll be interesting to see if something pops up, like there was a reason he retired. I haven't seen anything yet, so it doesn't seem like there's some scandal on the way or something. But, uh, yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait and see. But, uh, yeah, Oklahoma will have a lot a lot to overcome this year. That they'll need to find some new playmakers. Baker Mayfield's just about the only big returner, <laughs> if you will. Mm-hmm. So, um, I believe I read somewhere that, uh, Oklahoma's actually returning their whole entire offensive line. So that's a positive. Definitely. Yeah. That, that's a huge positive, especially when you're looking to groom a new running back. Um, and, you know, if you're trying to get some receivers some time to, you know, break routes and create some space. Uh, it's always good for your quarterback to have a good offensive line. It's good for the whole entire offense. So, uh, as much as we, as we say, you know, they got so much to replace, having that offensive line all coming back may hide a lot of the, uh, inexperience that may be on the field this year for Oklahoma. Always nice when you have something where you can for sure keep your quarterback upright. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, anything else to add for OU? Yeah, hopefully, this Baker Mayfield stuff doesn't. I guess we all remember he was public intoxication. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that follows him throughout the season because you know they're going to be talking about it almost every every game, or at least for the first couple weeks, I think. You know, but fans won't let him forget about it. So it'll be interesting to see how that follows him throughout the season. Yeah. I'd just like to see just how, um, Oklahoma just starts their season off. As you guys remember last year, uh, they were looking pretty iffy, uh, during the start of the season. Uh, they had a couple of key losses, um, to set them back. So, um, you know, it's just how they could start the season off. Uh, that can really say a lot about just how it will be going forward. All right, guys, uh, we're about to get into our predictions right now. Um, 
who do you guys will think who who you guys think will be in their uh bowl game? Uh this will be their first first bowl game uh this year. Uh, championship game. Which, yeah, championship, yeah, yeah, conference championship game, yep. Yeah. Uh so yeah, who do you guys have? I'm gonna go with uh Oklahoma versus Kansas State. Yeah, a, a lot of people kind of have this conference really split up. It seems like there's a couple, like three or four teams you can pick from, and that's it. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't seem to be real deep of a of a conference this year. But I'm going to go Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. All right, I'm agreeing with Ty. Um, I'm going to go Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State as well. Um, now, who would you guys have winning? I'll have Oklahoma winning. Yeah, I would. I would have Oklahoma winning by the end of the year. You would think they have found whatever new playmakers they're going to have, and yeah. the talent will just ring ring true. Okay. Write this down. But real quick, while you're while you're writing that down, I uh, I the the most interesting thing about the the Big Twelve is they're not a big enough conference to divide up into. Divisions, so yeah. it's kind of a big free for all to be the top two, and I think that it could be very interesting if we get into some sort of a tiebreak situation. Could you guys see some uh, teams starting to come to the Big Twelve uh, soon? About like say a couple of years from now, where like how long do you think it'll be till they start to actually become? Truly, the Big Twelve. I, I would say probably in the next two three years they probably start adding some other teams to become the Big Twelve again. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're, you're looking at some of the uh, non-power five schools, you know, around there. You know, you're looking at a uh, Houston school that just G. Geographically makes a ton of sense. Uh, had a great season last year. Uh, coach left, so it. Yeah, I was pushing for them to get into the Big Twelve for this coming year, but uh, didn't happen. I, I I could see a team like that getting in, but geographically, West Virginia doesn't make sense. So really, anybody could get into the Big Twelve. Uh, just the idea of who do they want in there financially? That's what's gonna really bring a team in more than you know talent make or, money for that conference yeah, yeah absolutely you know for for all we know someone like a BYU could get in or Nevada for all we know just they, they have to financially bring something to the table and that's at the end of the day all that matters alright guys uh, we're about to go to the pack who do, who who did you have winning? I, I didn't hear you. Oh say yeah, that. I said Oklahoma as well. Oklahoma, yeah. Oklahoma right. versus Oklahoma State, and yeah, Oklahoma. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're about to go to the Pac-12 next. Um, first thing we're about to talk about is Mora. Uh, do you guys feel as if there's a lot of pressure on him this season? Well, I mean, yes. I mean, they've they've been getting talent for a while now, and you know, they, I know Rosen got hurt last year, but they, it, it's kind of time to show and prove if they're going to really be considered a uh, top part of this conference. Yes, it's, it's time for them to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely agree. You have one of the top three quarterbacks in the country, and you're not really doing a whole lot. So, uh, yeah. I think it's just plain and simple. Record hasn't been there. Uh, performance hasn't been there. Uh, they haven't, I don't even think they've sniffed the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, I can't exactly remember last year's results off the top of my head. I have them right here, so let me just pull that up. Yeah, last year, two and seven in the conference, four and eight overall. Yeah. <laughs> like, for, for having a guy that could be a projected number one pick, you gotta be doing better than four wins. Now, uh, what did you guys think about, uh, Rose's comments, uh, little, uh, a 
about a couple weeks ago, I believe, uh, he was talking about how you couldn't really miss, mix ac- academics and uh, athletics together. Um, how did you guys feel about this statement? Um, he has a lot of people agreeing with him, and he also had a lot of people disagreeing with him. Uh, but just what were your thoughts on those comments? I mean, he, he spoke on what's a hot-button issue as far as college football goes, uh, and that's the uh, whether basically these kids are actually student-athletes, as they call them, or are they employees. And, I mean, I'm, I'm on Josh Rosen's side as far as uh, most of the statements. I, I could have lived without him trying to throw shade at other schools as far as <laughs> – raising SAT scores and all that kind of stuff. But as far as what he has to do and what he's and still trying to go to class and stuff, I, I, I do kind of agree with that. Basically football for these kids, it, it is like they're doing a full-time job along with keeping a class schedule, but they don't make anything for it. So mm-hmm. uh, I know a lot of people's issues were like, Hey, I had to work full time to pay for college and blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, he has to too, but he's not actually getting paid for it. Like, like I'm, I'm sorry for all those people that you weren't good enough to get an academic scholarship or, or whatever else. But I mean, you can, that doesn't mean you can just hate that these kids have to kind of be slaves to their schools to, and, and also really not be able to, pick a, a major that they might actually want to pursue because hey if, if a class doesn't fit that schedule you got to go to practice you can't go to that class because we brought you here to play football yeah. so pick a major that works so yeah and on top of that pick a major where you're going to be able to stay on the field due to eligibility yeah, sometimes their major is eligibility yeah <laughs> for, for three years then they leave yeah. camp and, uh-huh. you know, to, to that point as well, the football team's not like the basketball team. And the basketball situation is very unique because those guys just have to pass first semester and then they don't even have to go to class second semester because they're going to the NBA anyway. Mm-hmm. These guys are a one-semester sport where they have to stay eligible through the entire semester. They can't get halfway through their season and then say, well, I don't really have to worry about class anymore. Uh, it's, and, and I, I'm with you, Darnell. Where I agree with him is the fact that the time you have to put into football and then the time you have to put into your studies don't go together at all. The, the math doesn't equal up there at all. I mean, if you're talking a three hour practice, then you're probably talking what, like an, at least an hour, hour and a half in the trainer's room after, and then you might have about another hour and a half or two of film after that, and mm-hmm. then it's like, all right, now go study. It's like, well, I'm exhausted. It's 10 o'clock. You know, it's, it, it, the puzzle pieces don't fit. And I don't think that Rosen is wrong by saying any of it. Um, now, like you said, it, it does come down, well, where, you know, when you start saying it's a full-time job and how all that equates to paying college athletes versus not paying college athletes, when I view Rosen's comments, I like to kind of push that aside and save that for a different argument because I just want to focus on the fact that you're right. The time for studies and the time for football don't add up. They just don't. And yes, you can throw the whole pay the college athlete scenario in there as well and I totally understand it because it, it does fit but I'll, I'll just handle Rosen's comments solely based off of what he said and not saying we should be paid for it but like you said where I kind of lost some credence with him is when he said well maybe some other schools should you know raise their SAT scores their football team wouldn't be the same it's like I, I get that dude but your team just went 4-8 and eight. <laughs> like don't, don't try and do little other schools just because you think you have it harder than they do. It's like they, they still have to be eligible. They still have to, you know, get out onto the field. They still have to study, go to class. It's like they're, you know, their classes may not be as hard as the ones you're choosing to take, but they still have to do it too. And, uh, 
yeah, just strong comments coming from a guy that has a lot of eyes on him. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this, once again, kind of like Baker Mayfield, how this follows Rosen throughout the year. Kind of like how Cardale Jones, once he hit the scene the whole week, came to play football and not play school, how that followed him for a while. Uh, just, you know, you can have good intentions in saying something and just have all hell unleashed on you. So, uh, in kind of a tough spot for Rosen from here on out, but uh, he should be going to the NFL after this. So, I don't think he has a ton to worry about. Yeah. Now, you brought it up, Ty, uh, just talking about the differences between um, basketball and football. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys do? You guys think that the uh, college athletes should be one and done, uh, like um, the NBA, or like how do you guys feel about that? I mean, I I really don't leave, believe there should be any restriction on them. I understand more so why it is for football, just because, I mean, physically, an 18-year-old is, they're rarely going to have the the size, strength necessary to be in the NFL. Uh, that that lends more towards the NBA. Like, But, I mean, yes, I, I'm not for that anyway. Uh, I kind of think it's a bit of a farce that the NFL basically has a free, uh, minor league in college football. Mm-hmm. Like these kids have to have to go to college to play football for three years, or else there's no other avenue to make it to the NFL. And and like this is as far as the like this is the most dangerous sport. Uh, like as far as Injuries all around. You got the CT studies. You have ACLs being blown on the regular, and and every other kind of injury. Uh, and I mean, we already know that the career span of an NFL player is three years. But I mean, that's already after they've had to put themselves through two a days, all through elementary, through high school, and then all the work they have to put in in college for three years before they can go to the NFL. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to be able to know that. I mean, I know at least NBA player or college basketball players, they do have another choice. Like if, if, if they are mature enough or a parent can trust them, you can go to Italy or Spain or China or something like that and play a year of ball overseas and actually make your money and come back and then you can be eligible for the NBA draft. I know a lot of kids don't do that because I get it. It's probably more of an upside to go go to college as a college basketball player because you get to have a little bit of that experience. And like Ty alluded to earlier, you really only have to go to class for a half the year. Yeah. You knock that first semester out and you stay above that 2.0 or whatever it is that you need to stay eligible and then you get to just relax on campus and, and be big man on campus for that second half of the year until you get ready to declare your name for the draft and, and make your money. Yeah, and, and I think you could also argue that college basketball just does give you the best exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, NBA teams have scouts that are just on a completely different level, aware of a lot more than we think they are. But I think college basketball just gives you the best exposure on a national level. Um, I mean, how many times do we hear of a U.S. player going overseas, coming back for the draft, and we know nothing about it? I think uh, most notably this past year was, what was his name, Terrence Ferguson? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he went overseas. I believe he played in Australia or something like that. You know, gets in the draft, an American guy, and we don't know who he is. Um, so college basketball, I think, is just your best avenue for exposure. But, yeah, and, you know, something we talked about last week after we got off the air was the fact that, you know, college football basically is a free minor league for the NFL. Like, should there potentially be some sort of a G League for football um, where these guys can go get a little bit of money and really work up their skills all while still getting NFL ready? Like, I get it. 
college football is going to be your best avenue, just like I think college basketball is your best avenue if you're an American. Uh, you know, we see a lot of guys with NFL dreams come to America to play college football. And I think that college football is just so cemented that getting a minor league for football just doesn't really fit. Uh, it, I think it would be tough to get enough teams. I mean, you're, you're basically coming up with an NFL junior and having to have a whole other entity run it. And it, the NFL won't pick up a development league like the NBA did. I, I, I just don't think they would. Um, one, it would be something else for Goodell to screw up. But um, <laughs> I just don't think there's enough there. Um, do I think... There potentially needs to be another avenue, yes, but I just don't know what it is. I mean, it just seems that a minor league would make the most sense. It's just I don't know that there's enough pieces there for it to work out. All right, guys, now uh, any other comments um, about that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, who are some key players uh, that you guys are? Uh, looking out for in the Pac-12. Yeah, um, I think two of the most notable, and I think Darnell, you'll completely agree, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen. You know, we're looking at possibly two first-round picks here. Um, I think they're really, I mean, yes, there's other players that will, you know, rise up in that conference, but these are the two names along with Wyoming's Josh Allen that are apparently all being you know, the race for the number one quarterback taken in 2018. Um, and I, you know, if, if I had my pick, at least among Darnold and Rosen, I'd go Darnold. He showed me a lot more last year. He's shown, you know, he can really lead a team. He can, you know, USC, he basically brought USC back to relevance. And, uh, I think it's going to be real fun watching him this year. He'll have more eyes on him. USC should get more national exposure, uh, playing the big games again. He led them to Rose Bowl last year, so they're coming off a high season. Uh, but yeah, if, if there are two players to watch, those are the two. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree there. I mean, these are, these are two kids that are, you know, could go possibly one or one and two, uh, in the draft next year, depending on season shakeup. If, uh, Rosen stays healthy and, uh, is, Back in form of what he was a couple years ago, and Sam Darnold. I mean, people are already salivating over over the kids. So, uh, I mean, outside of them, uh, I guess to give a little bit of defensive love, I would say uh, give out a couple of linebackers. Uh, Cameron Smith uh, from USC uh, as a linebacker, uh, really good inside linebacker, smart kid. Has a nose for the football. I will look out for him. Uh, you'll you'll see him make a lot of tackles and just kind of be all over the place. Uh, and then I would look uh, over to Washington. I mean, they they probably won't do a lot this year, seeing as they lost uh, a lot of talent. But uh, Azim Victor, uh, uh, another uh, linebacker, a senior, uh, also will will be all over the place. Uh, he was he was third in tackles for the team last year, even though he he missed the last four games on the season. So, uh, looking for a bounce back here from him. All right. Now, uh, get back to the predictions uh, for this one. Um, who do you guys have for the uh, conference uh, game? And who do you have winning? Do you want me to go? Oh yeah, oh, I'll, I'll start. start. Uh, I got. Oh, um, I got. I got Washington versus USC, and I have Washington winning. You have Washington winning, huh? Yeah, I just they 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 lost some guys, man. But I, I just some up steps. Just still going to stick with them. So I and Coach like, Peterson do enough yeah. for you last year. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Yeah. So I, I, no, he's a good coach. I, I don't good, mean yeah. that. I don't mean that in a negative way at all. Yeah. Um, I, th- this one was tough for me. I think this was the toughest one of the three conferences we're going to cover. Uh, 
just because I mean, like Washington State had a good year last year. Stanford can always rise up. Colorado, the thing, like I like Stanford, man, but it's just like you know what 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 will I expect out of you know with McCaffrey's gone? Uh, that guy was just so yeah. much of their team, you know. I, I agree. Uh, just you know, what can I? What can I really expect from this team, you know, with McCaffrey gone? So that, I just think with him leaving, uh, that just left a big piece into that offense for him, uh, at least. So I, I, I do like Stanford, man, but I, I just went with Washington. Yeah. Go ahead, Ty. Yeah. I mean, and then you're looking at the South. Colorado won that division last year. I, I'm going to pick USC out of the South for sure, but I, I had a hard time with the North. You know, I kind of wanted to pick Washington again, you know, thinking that uh, that whole North Division might, everybody might take a half step back this year. Um, like Trey said, losing McCaffrey's big, you're losing your best special teams player and your best offensive player. Um, so I think that North Division's up for grabs, and that's where I think coaching really comes into play. And that's why I'm going to pick Washington again in the North, okay. but I'm going to pick uh, USC to win. All right. Now, uh, what about you, uh, Darn? You feeling Oregon State and UCLA? <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm with you guys on USC, uh, representing the South, but um, I'm going with the devil. I know with the smart kids, I'm going with Stanford. Ooh, uh, still I, mean, I, I wanted to pick them. Yeah. I mean, even though, yes, losing Christian McCaffrey is going to be big. I mean, that's a lot of production loss, but it's just they they always find a way to consistently get to nine or ten games, and I just think that holds up. Uh, they're, I mean, they're, they're, just, they're just a consistent team. That's about all I can say about them. You, you may yeah. not know a single player on their team, but they play a certain way, and you can usually just mark them down for nine wins. So yeah, I'm going with that. Smart. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So I'm going with that, but I, I'm, I'm going to pick USC over. Okay. And yeah, you had a USC too, right? Huh? Yeah. Alright, so you have two USC's and one Washington, alright? Yeah, I mean, even though USC loses Juju Smith-Schuster, I, I feel like wide receivers are less a dime a dozen than any other position in college football, so um, yeah, I, I think Sam Darnold's enough there. Yeah, they're, they're they're already calling them best prospect since Andrew Luck. So, isn't everybody the best prospect prospect since Andrew Luck though? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Luck was the best since Elway. So, now yeah, they have to right, say he's right. the best since Luck. <laughs> it, 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 even though it seems like Andrew Luck was the best prospect since Andrew Luck. <laughs> well, and he's still trying to live up to being that That's prospect. True. That is true. All right, guys. Uh, now we're about to go to the ACC. Um, just who are some key players in this conference? Uh, you guys have your eye. Now let you start that one right now. Uh, I mean, well, with the ACC, I mean, they there there's some transition going on here. Uh, we we want to see what Clemson shows. Um, with them, I'll, I'll still go a little, you know, sideways without trying to go with the major teams. Uh, out of Boston College, I'm going to go Dean, D lineman, Harold Landry, senior. Uh, let's see, let's see how he blows up. He had 17 sacks last year, uh, led the nation. So, uh, want to, want to see how he, what, what kind of return, uh, he can have from that. And then, uh, also on the D line, uh, he'll be a sophomore this year from Clemson. Clemson Dexter Lawrence, mm-hmm. uh, also just a, a beast on the D line. I, I want to see how these two wreck shop. I think they'll make make some big strides. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree with both of those. Um, yeah, just quick stat on uh, Dexter Lawrence: nine and a half tackles for loss last year. That's yeah, impressive stuff. Uh, and I don't think there's much to argue with there. Um, I, I guess I'll, I'll take, well, for one, the obvious one, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Uh, 
just because I feel like that name just needs to be brought up. Dude, dude's highlight real. You know, it, he's just one of those guys you watch at every opportunity you can. Yeah, I'm just real quick. You know, I'm kind of a little bit yeah. uh, just kind of nervous for him for this just a season because you know he he started off you know he was hot, uh, but a lot at during the end of the. Uh, season a lot of teams um you know started to catch That's up good. to him a little bit so uh like I said, the guy was remarkable he put had uh, great stats um but just to see you know this year you know will teams uh you know adjust to him like they were adjusting to him during the end of last season so like I said I, I do like him uh, he's a very uh entertaining uh guy to watch on the field but you know it's this kind of up and down with him right now just how uh teams were Playing with, uh, were able to stop him last, uh, during the end of the season last year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, off. I feel, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll agree. Teams kind of figured him out. At least, let, let me, let me rephrase it. I feel like teams figured out if you stop everybody around him, then you're standing a really good chance. Like, I feel like, uh, Teams really kind of locked down in his receivers, forced him to try and make some more plays with his feet toward the end of the year. Uh, granted, he made plays with his feet all year long, but, you know, I feel like a lot of the other players around him got shut down, which made him try and force some plays. But, you know, it's tough to really pinpoint exactly what it could have been. But then my, my other two picks are both from Florida State. Um, first one's DeAndre Francois, quarterback. Um, Freshman quarterback last year took a beating early in the year, but really stepped up. I'm, I'm going to be interested to see if he has kind of a blow up breakout season, and and I think he can. I, I think he is talented enough, has really good vision, can use his feet when he needs to, uh, and, and just a good arm. You know, a, a year of experience can go a long way for a young quarterback. Uh, sometimes you know, have the baptism by fires, the best way to learn. So. Uh, it was tough to watch him struggle early last year, but I, I think he can have a really good year this year. And then secondly, for Florida State, I'm going to pick whoever ends up being the featured running back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, losing Dalvin Cook's huge. Uh, you know, it, he's one of those players, you know, how in the world are we ever going to replace Dalvin Cook? So uh, whoever fills that position is going to be something worth watching. Uh, you know, so... I'm sure they already have somebody. It's just we don't really know who it is just yet. Um, but, you know, like like I said, replacing a player like a Dalvin Cook or replacing a player like Christian McCaffrey is something worth keeping an eye on. Because if Florida State wants to make a really good run, and if they want to be in contention for the playoff again, they'll have to find a solid running game. Uh, and if they can find a guy who's dual threat like Dalvin Cook was, uh, running, catching, um, they're they're going to be in pretty good shape moving forward. So it'll just be interesting to see if they can find the guy, and if they can, how long will that take? All right, guys. Uh, is that it for uh, your players? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, up next is uh, what are you guys' expectations for Clemson this year? Uh, they lost some key guys. Uh, you guys think they can... Uh, Possibly repeat, pull off a championship or whatever. Like, how do you guys feel about them? I don't have them in the final four or anything like that. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, they're. I, I think they're going to be a good team still. So it's not like just full fall off or anything like that. But, but they they have a a lot to replace themselves. You lose a player like Deshaun Watson and uh, you lose Mike Williams. That, that's those are two big pieces and. A lot of pressure is going to be on Kelly Bryant, who uh, is their their next starting quarterback. I mean, he he's following up two pretty two pretty good quarterbacks. I mean, you had of course Deshaun Watson, who was a Heisman Trophy winner, and Taj Boyd was was no slouch. So I mean, that's that's following quite a line, uh, especially since Deshaun Watson actually was stepped up from. Uh, Taj Boyd. I, I don't think we can expect that from, from, uh, Kelly Bryant. He, he, uh, the, the positive with him, he is a junior, so it's not like it's a freshman stepping up or anything like that. So yeah. he, he has some experience with the program, but there's still going to be a, a learning curve here 
uh, getting meaningful snaps and, and being the man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm right there with Darnell. I think they'll still have a very respectable year. I, I don't think Dabo Sweeney will allow for them to miss the bowl game. Um, you know, I expect more than six wins. I don't know if I expect eight. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they, uh, you know, if I had to put an over under on him, it'd be at seven and a half. Uh, I, I, I would, and I would probably pick the over. So I, I you know, I'm, I'm going to expect eight wins out of them. I don't think it'll be good enough to get, uh, to the ACC championship game, but you know, I don't expect them to be a pushover. The, their strength will be their defense. Um, offense will have to come along, but, uh, yeah, like, like Darnell said, you know, having your quarterback coming in, being a junior, it means he knows the system. He's been around. He's seen the venues. You know, nothing should really shock him at this point. So I expect him to be a guy that doesn't, doesn't really get rattled, uh, based off of, you know, the bright lights. Um, it, it's, it's always different when you're on the field, but, um, you know, it's a guy who's, who's seen it all good and bad. Uh, and he's seen a lot of good. So, uh, it'll, it'll just be interesting to see how he, how he handles adversity if this team, you know, say they lose two in a row at some point. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he'll handle the adversity, especially like, like you mentioned, Trey, coming off a national championship season. Yeah. And I mean, lucky enough for them, I think their, their schedule plays out pretty well, uh, yeah. for this year of transition. I mean, they, they're, Tougher games they get at home. They they get Auburn coming coming into them, uh, and and Florida State is coming there. Uh, those are probably the, the toughest two matchups they have. They have to go to Louisville, um, but I mean I I do think they're probably still uh, a hair ahead of them in overall talent. So they'll probably still be favored there. Uh, but I I think their schedule shapes up where they could win nine games still. So. Mm-hmm. But you, you, both of you guys agree that they're not in your uh, top four, right? No, yeah, I, I don't. I don't see them to the title game or or to the playoff. Okay, we have to break that down next week. Uh, but um, guys, who do you have in your uh, conference game for this one, and who do you have winning? Uh, me, I'll go. Uh, got this being uh, a rivalry game. I got the U versus uh, Florida State. Um, I do have Florida State winning though. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, Miami. Uh, last year they started off pretty good, but, um, once they took a loss from Florida State, uh, they started to slip a little bit. Um, so their first meeting, uh, to really have an impact on how Miami's season, uh, will continue to go further. But, uh, yeah, that's my pick. <laughs> Who you got, Ty? Yeah. I I really don't like the ACC conference mainly, <laughs> mainly because their divisions are so skewed. Like yeah. having Clemson, Louisville, and Florida State all in the same division, like I absolutely hate that. Um, and then you know the other side, you're looking basically at mediocre schools. So you it, was not it, mediocre, man. When have they been good lately? Yeah, post post two thousand and three. <laughs> Maybe not even then, but no, like I, I just think that this is one of the conference that could really benefit from a realignment. Um, you know, and and therefore it made it a little tough for me. But I'm actually going to go uh, oh between Louisville and Florida State. I said I'd make a decision, but it really I did. <laughs> I just didn't. I didn't make a decision. So wow. Okay. Um, Louisville, Florida State. So no, Clemson's I, I, not even. No, I'm. I'm gonna go Florida State. I'm gonna go Florida State versus. Uh, I'll go Virginia Tech again. They'll squeak back in it. Okay. Uh, FSU. With, with, obviously, with the winner being Florida State. Okay. I agree too. Yeah, we're on the same plane there. Uh, I'm thinking Virginia Tech and, and Florida State. Uh, I think, uh, Virginia Tech just, they, they'll have just enough to go through there. 
their division and, and get in there. But yeah, I think Florida State will probably house them when it gets to that. Oh yeah. But you know, it, it's one of those things where that coastal division is just, you're, you're, you're looking at those teams and wondering how, how are any of them going to compete with the top of the Atlantic division? Yeah. And the, they're not, I mean, Virginia Tech somehow made the ACC championship a game last year. Somehow. I mean, you don't expect it, that's for sure. Yeah. But I, I gotta say this year, I don't totally hate your pick of Miami, Trey. Yeah. They, Although, it'll be interesting to see how they come back from losing Greg Kaya to the Lions. Yeah, true, yeah. To the 1-0 and preseason Lions. Yeah. yeah State, I mean, I, I do think they're, they're another team where their schedule shapes up pretty well. Yeah. Uh, they have to go to Florida State, where to the top. I, yeah, I play them week three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that will end nicely, but and but they have kind of a soft schedule too. Yeah, between Cookman, Arkansas State, Toledo, Duke, Georgia Tech, Syracuse, they yeah, get to they feast have to play on some bad game. teams. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you know, like like I said, did you say that Miami plays Florida State week three? Uh, yeah. yeah, week three, week four. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's... Week three. Yeah, week okay, three. Week three yeah. and, and like I, I mentioned earlier, it's all about when you lose. You can lose a game week three and still be okay. Yeah. Like, it, it's tough when you start losing week nine, week ten. You know, that's when you start really losing ground in your conference and let alone your division. Yeah. So, you know, to get them early would be nice, or is is nice for Miami, because say say you just get housed. You know, you just look at it and say, all right, it's week three. It's one conference loss. Let's, you know, brush off the dirt and go. And you can learn a lot from getting housed early in the season. Yeah. Like, how many times you look at a team and you go, they have that kind of a record after what I saw week three? <laughs> like, that, that's how I felt about Penn State. Michigan houses Penn State 48-10, and they're playing for the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Tide. it really isn't the end of the world. Yeah. So yeah, you were deciding between uh, Louisville, Louisville and Florida, Florida State. State. Okay. So yeah, you but, you would have Clemson well, uh, finishing like what in third in their division? Yeah. Okay. Third or potentially potentially depending how some of the non conference games play out, or uh, I guess even how those three teams look against each other. Yeah. Clemson could potentially be in a tie for second in the division. In the uh, Atlantic, it's possible. Yeah, I think I they finish second. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking, I yeah, mean, Florida State, Clemson, then Louisville. Like I said, okay. I'm still. I just, I just need to see how uh, Lavar, how he'll do. Uh, Lamar, not Lavar. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting the balls. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no, like I don't disagree with that. For me, it's going to be all about like, is Louisville going to be putting up sixty a game again? Like, are they going to be just scoring points off the, off, you know, coming off the bus? Or are they going to actually have to fight games this year? Because if Louisville's offense isn't there, I can totally see Clemson finishing second. But I feel like if Louis, if, if Lamar Jackson's even, you know, three quarters of what he did last year and could put up 40 plus a game, you know, teams have to keep up. Yeah. So it's still a good pick, man. Uh, you know, those three. Uh, you know, safe to say you can expect big things from those three schools. And that yeah, I'm, I'm not so. expecting Syracuse to sneak up in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for basketball season, Syracuse. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, is there anything else to add uh, before we close this off? No, so can, can we just go over real quick again who we had winning these three? Uh, yeah. Mainly because I forgot. <laughs> For the Big 12, yeah, I always just find these um, interesting. I think we all have Oklahoma there. Yeah, we all have Oklahoma. Ty, you had Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Um, so did I. And Darnell had Oklahoma versus Kansas State. Um, for the pack, uh, me and Ty, we both had uh, Washington versus USC. Uh, Tyler had USC. I had Washington. And Darnell had Stanford versus USC. Um, he had USC winning that. And ACC, uh, Ty, you got FSU versus Virginia Tech. Florida State winning. 
we all got Florida State winning. Um, mm-hmm. Darnell got Virginia Tech versus Florida State, and I got the U versus Florida State. Anybody want to make a last uh, second switch or anything? We don't really know what we're doing. Let's yeah. let's be honest. Like week week three, week four, then we start to go. All right, that's looking like a good pick. Yeah, we had some it's, it's very good uh, early upsets last year. So it's you know. yeah, it's, yeah, for sure. But you, you know, I, based off of you know what we have, what we know from last year, recruiting classes coming in, you know, yearly trends. Like the, the cream of the crop always seems to be the cream of the crop. Yeah. And it's always your Alabamas, your Oklahomas. Yeah. The same Ohio teams. States, yeah. yeah. The same teams always seem to be there. Yeah. And I, I just don't expect, you know, that changing, especially in college football. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So next week we'll, we got to break down this awesome, uh, Mayweather McGregor fight. And then, oh. uh, yeah, we got to get for, uh, we got to do the Big Ten and SEC. So. Uh, so I get a week off from the show if we're talking about that fight, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I can throw my nonsense into the nonsense that already is. Yeah. So that's coming up. Uh, still think they I still think they got some tickets on. Uh, I still don't think it's sold out yet. But. Why don't you go buy one? Okay. So you got your three thousand for a nosebleed seat? Hey, I'm straight, <laughs> man. Not to watch that garbage. You'll watch it. Yeah. But all right, guys, as always, I appreciate y'all checking us out. Um, again, you can find us on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. Um, you can also find us podcasts on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, YouTube, SoundCloud. Just hit us up in that search engine. We should pop up. Um, but yeah, uh, catch you guys next week. Peace out.